Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so today we are looking at coaching and I have someone on the show today who is going to be talking about uh, relationships in their lives and we're going to be looking at trying to recreate an outcome for them by the end of the show, Um, help them to understand their relational patterns and how they can implement changes in their life to bring different types of relationship towards them. Uh, So thank you for being on the show today, Alex. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. So just to start with, so we can get an idea of what sort of things, the experiences you've had so far in your life, uh, so we can try and figure out what these patterns might be. Could you give me sort of a, a little bit about, uh, firstly, um, the relationships that you've experienced, the kind of people that you usually bring towards you, uh, and why these uh, problems have, have arisen in your life? Sure, yeah. So in terms of real meaningful relationships Mm. I with with uh, a man um, I've I've had one in my lifetime um, until now so that was from the age of 22 to 29 Um, and that was yeah so eight years together Uh, we were engaged um, the last year of that too Um, and that for me looking back was I'm I can see why we're not together and I'm happy that we're not together but looking back on that I can still see that there were positive aspects Mm -hmm. of it like I really grew as a person and I think the only person really that I can say I I loved and I and I felt what that emotion at that time what I thought that felt like I suppose so it was very it was a amazing for my personal growth what I experienced within that Mm-hmm. and what was what were the kind of the issues then as far as why it didn't work out mm. so I from for most of my really most of my life so I'm 31 so yeah so for most of my life I haven't really known who I was I've really struggled with identity okay. um, and I I can see now in hindsight that the reason that I think I was with this particular guy for a long time is because I, I I used him as part of my identity. He was very confident, very dominant, um, a good decision maker. Um, a lot of the qualities that I lacked at that time. And I really can see how dependent that I, I was on him for a lot of that time. So I guess when I first had my moment of epiphany around mid-20s that I so I took myself to my first counseling session because um, I was like I can't I can't think like this anymore I need that there must be another way of thinking than uh, cognitively about things in the way that I do and I started this personal growth journey I was you know reading all the books binging YouTube like oh wow this is amazing like I'm opening my mind up in a way that I didn't even know was possible and I tried to bring my ex partner with me on this journey so I was so excited and it wasn't met 
with excitement, it was really met with how I felt I was being suppressed. I was trying to grow into whatever was next for me. And I felt like I was coming up against this brick wall. Um, I think because I had so much of my identity was based around him. I was like, how can you not think about things the way I am? How can you not come on this journey with me? Mm. And we were just doing this. I felt like the butting heads was happening. And we just, as cliche as it sounds, we really did grow apart in that last two years of the relationship to the point where it still was a really hard decision to make, but I had to, I, I couldn't see him in my future anymore. And I knew that, uh, yeah. So I, I, I ended things just over two years ago and, and walked away. And, and, and when I say I haven't looked back, I, yeah, I haven't gone back <laughs> from, <laughs> yeah, to that. So, yeah. yeah. But you've looked back on the relationship and sort of recognised why it didn't work out because, like you said, you went on, you tried to go on to this journey of change where you were with him originally. There was a, a dependency on him. He, he kind of, like That's you it. said, fulfilled your identity in some way, part of you that perhaps you weren't too sure about. But then you then tried to change yourself, but he wasn't very supportive of the changes that you were trying to make. No. And that's quite common in relationships, I think, isn't it? When you get together yeah. with somebody as you try and change yourself throughout that journey, and but they're quite comfortable with the person that you were <laughs> when, when you got together and they prefer you to stay in that space. Yeah. It, it was interesting, though, to me because in hindsight, like I was, I was the one in the relationship for most of it, if I'm really honest with myself, who was exhibiting the toxic traits. I, it, I was so codependent. I was so, I was so uncomfortable of him being like, he had to be with me all the time. And, and I can't imagine what that must've been like for him being with someone like that. Mm. So it's, it's strange thinking really that I was becoming this more independent, um, well-educated, confident version of myself, you know, grown and developed version. And it's almost like he wasn't ready for that. And that, I had to be like that that previous version for the relationship to almost to work in that balance that it did for such a long time. Yes, that's what codependency is, isn't it? He needed you to be that person as much as you needed to be that person. And then when you decided you needed to change things and didn't want to be that person any longer, that codependency for how he what he was getting from the relationship also changed. Yeah. And as far as sort of any other relationships you've had, whether they've been fleeting, casual, you know, um, not lasting very long, what kind of experiences have you had there? If I'm being yeah, completely open and honest, um, apart from this particular relationship that I've discussed, everything around that has been, as you exactly you described, fleeting. Um, it's been... I'm starting to see the pattern more so now, but very, very lustful and passionate in that first instance. And then a disconnect happens very, very quickly um, to the point where I suppose seeing it really from through my eyes is I feel that I'm abandoned and, and they're gone. And it's like, a hundred percent to them just not ever replying to my text message with them saying I'm not feeling it anymore, you know, and that's, 
that's happened consistently since with everyone since this um since this long-term relationship that's kind of that's where I'm at with the pattern at the moment so it's been quite full-on would you say then to start with yeah Yeah. like very full-on very um like a huge initial attraction Mm -hmm. um uh, and and perhaps yeah things move you know intimately quite quickly um there's not much I suppose it's it's not really dragged out over a long period of time it's quite quick and fast paced and fast moving to get to those next levels so right okay the initial attraction is very powerful yeah but based on something maybe we need to have a look at as well as the relational patterns is to have a look at maybe what that attraction style Mm. and even maybe what your attachment style might be yeah okay so let's then maybe then look at your childhood a little bit and your upbringing in relationship with your parents or your caregivers as you grew up what was that like uh i have i've always had a um difficult relationship with my parents i so to give some context i've i've never met my um biological dad um i've never met him he yeah there's been a couple of half kind of half-assed attempts um we've we've tried to meet up in the past two years actually three times and he's cancelled on me (laughs) the morning of each of those times so I don't know if that will ever come to fruition but um my parents my parents who I call my mum and dad um yeah I I've done I've done a lot of work around this to get to the point now where you know there's love and compassion but I've never felt a deep and loving connection um, to either of them. My, um, I think really in hindsight, looking back, there was a lot, lot of mental health problems there um, between, um, between the two of them, a lot of sadness and happiness. I remember like when I think about my childhood, I think why I hear the narrative from other people, not, not for everyone. And I'm you know, fully aware that we all have our own varying degrees of dysfunction, but I don't have any happy childhood memories. I don't look back and think, Oh, you know, that I really like enjoyed that time. I think my general feeling was a bit of being a bit of an outsider. I think um, I was the eldest sibling. Uh, my mum went on to then have two more children with the, the man that I call um my dad so he's like an adoptive like stepdad kind of um role there and, and I always felt I was treated very differently to the to the two younger girls which led to me I almost developing this personality where I it wasn't safe for me to express myself I think I, that's why I was very disconnected from who I was for such a long time I really brought a lot of this into my adult life too um of feeling like I didn't really have roots where I felt like I should have them and knowing who I am now as a 31 year old and having gone and and done the, the some deep inner work I know that I'm a super 
loving and caring person who's always looking for deep connections with other people. Okay. And I, and I think this must've been interesting really as, 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 as a child, I think I was constantly looking for that and I didn't, I didn't have it around me, which potentially might be a link there to um, where else that I might have been searching for that love. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was quite a lot, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't apologise at all. No, it's a good insight into definitely what could be playing out in your adult life with the relationships that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it been, just to touch on the, the thing with your biological father, um, how, how, how was that with the cancellations and stuff and him not was that kind of like half-assed attempts at you? I think... For a long time, I always said, I don't care if I meet him or not. Mm. I don't care. It, it doesn't It doesn't bother me. I don't need a, a father figure because I've, the reason that I'm strong and independent and I, I'm in control of my own life, I'm, I, I don't rely on anyone. Like I've, I've built that into myself now and almost to the point where I, I don't, I don't have room or capacity for, to, to trust this person who's never been there um Mm. and I know that he's got another child he's got a son so I've got a half brother that I haven't met and he's always been involved in that child's life so for me it's like what what's the difference and perhaps a part of me maybe coming from like an ego place was like surely if you've let someone down and you haven't been there for them I, and I imagine, because I haven't got kids, but I imagine I would do anything to see my, my child and let them know that I love them and they can rely on me and it's okay now. And to cancel three times and in the morning because you don't feel very well, I was kind of like, that for me now, I'm just, I, I felt myself close off a little bit each time now where I I can't describe what it is. It's almost like a wall that I've got now of, I don't know how I'm going to bring that guard down with this particular person who, you know, I don't, he's not, he's not a dad to me. A dad isn't blood. A, a father figure is something that you, you show up to and you create that. It's not, it's not a title that you get from, you know, providing a bit of sperm. That's like, that doesn't, doesn't cut it for me, to be honest. So. And then how does that work with also having maybe a, your stepfather? who isn't offering you that either no it doesn't there's 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 no love there I don't feel it I don't feel I don't feel maybe what I not what I expect what I imagine that should feel like Mm -hmm. maybe it's based on idea of what I I think it is but I don't feel safe I don't I don't feel safe I don't feel safe around either of my parents I don't feel like I can express myself or or just be me and know that I'm enough I guess which don't don't feel love there I feel the opposite to that I feel like I want to evacuate the room within you know five to ten minutes I feel that energy building and then like oh it's just I feel very I almost resort back to that childlike state of, yeah, I feel it in me and I know that I've grown and developed so much more since then, but I I instantly go back to being, you know, the the awkward eight-year-old who 
couldn't speak or say anything properly and used to hide behind you know anything to not to not um yeah to, to not be told off or or shouted at or sent to go and sit and look at a wall which is you know one of the like all sorts of random military kind of punishments it's, it's very strict upbringing for sure it was never about you at all no oh no never never and again that maybe explains the relationship that you did have with someone who was very dominant and you were dependent on to kind of function and they yeah. kind of ran that relationship I guess perhaps not in a military style but you didn't have your voice you didn't kind of put yourself out there and you followed what they wanted again you can then understand why that came to an end when you decided to change that dynamic yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um okay and that maybe also then ties into something to do with this attraction style that you've got with these other people that you've been meeting there is a need there, isn't there? I guess there's something triggered inside of you when you first meet. There's a connection there. Perhaps, I'm not sure if you could maybe tell me, are they the kind of people that are a little bit full on as well? They give quite a lot at the start or are they quite withdrawn? I'm just had to really think about this because I know how I feel, but I'm like, what, what signs are they actually giving me that they're mm. on the same... Um, oh. I think if I can think of the one person I've got in my mind in particular, so this has been a person who um, it's been just, let's say, a, a physical relationship, but I would, I've always wanted it to be more than that, but it's kind of been on, off, on, off for the past two years. And it always confuses me because I sit and think, Alex, has this person ever demonstrated anything to you that they actually like you? Right. And the answer is no. Okay. And in the longer this has gone on, the more acutely aware I am of what is it? Because I'm really, and I don't actually think it's attraction. I'm, I am drawn to this person because they don't want me. And it's almost, I think, feel like I'm trying to win them over. I'm trying to get this, um, <laughs> validation this this sign from them that I'm I don't know I don't know what it is but this has been someone that's consistently uh, I end up going towards and moving towards mm -hmm. who I can't I couldn't list one one positive attribute um about them anything that they bring to the table for me anything they um do to be a, like a positive influence in my life like if anything it's very much the opposite so well, you yeah, invalid, don't you? massively yeah yes okay. and within yourself how how do you validate yourself how do you think that resonates and how do you think that correlates with your own relationship with you it's a good question because i think i think within myself like i, I do have peace within me in terms of I don't need to validate me for me because I know who I am and I know that so I'm saying that as part of me it's like oh no that's not quite true maybe yeah maybe there is a huge part of me that 
doesn't think that I'm it's that enoughness isn't it it's um enough being enough but then how do you ever quantify that I think is I, I don't actually know maybe what it is that I'm that I'm looking for is I don't know no but these these relationships that you're having despite are quite short them or even the long-term relationship when you when you wanted to be you when you were starting to find out who this person really was you were kind of invalidated there weren't you by their behavior they didn't want you to be you they weren't able to support you in being you and these other relationships yeah. you seem to have like you said they're pretty full-on to start with but then they quickly invalidate you when they step away well, from the relationship or that whatever that might be for you I think it's because it's all it's all physical based mm. so actually I know for me that I'm I as much as it's about a physical attraction for me it, it's it's more the mental side mm. so there's there's often a pattern where the, the, there'll be a chemistry of some of some sort whether that's a, a, to, a toxic way or not there's something there like chemistry wise but as soon as I have a start opening up and having a conversation I can see them switching off I can see they're not interested in what I'm saying I can see that I've got nowhere to go and have like a, a deeper more evolved level of conversation so then I end up yeah maybe in that space that's where I feel like I lose them but actually I've just been myself and presented who I am and and they haven't not they haven't liked it. I think maybe they've been like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. Uh, and I go, oh, I'm not enough. But actually what's happened is they've probably gone, oh, well, not intimidate is probably not the right word, but I think sometimes I I show all of me and it's too much. That's what I, I feel like it's too much for people and I have to tone it down and I have to not express all of that and I get told because I've been told a lot you know through my life too I'm too sensitive that one if I had a pound for every time I get told that I'm too sensitive and um that I'm too deep too deep lighten up too deep and I'm like it's and I it's only been really the past two years of my life where I've I've I now have a network who are like me and like-minded where I can have these types of conversations I'm like okay but what? you're not attracting the people to have a intimate relationship with other on that level. Mm. That's very interesting, isn't it? That, like you said, all of me is too much for people. So you have to hold back. You have to sort of temper yourself. Yeah. Because of the messages you've received. And, and, and I guess what these people are actually saying is that we don't know what to do with you. We don't know how to be with you we don't know how to be with mm. this sensitivity and this depth that you you bring to this relationship and I guess as yeah. you've never really experienced that as a kid or in the relationships you had growing up that there was no depth there at all because you weren't able to connect with your your parents at a deeper level because there wasn't that love and affection and attention that you needed in order to do that and that no. craving I guess that you've got perhaps to be able to do that with somebody else when you're meeting these people that's what you think you're attaining in that moment because the physicality perhaps is so intense but the actual person to person type stuff doesn't correlate 
and they're saying actually they just wanted this this is a nice physical experience for me and yeah i don't really want to go down the route that you're wanting to talk about here and so that's when they back off that sounds pretty bang on to be honest and i think i think this has been ever since I, if I'm really honest, like going back to like teenage years, you know, like losing my virginity and like those first kind of sexual experiences as a, as a young girl, really still a child very much. Mm. Like that, the pattern was even then. Like I remember being like, I just want a boyfriend. Mm. That was, I was so fixated. I was like, oh. I looked at like my friends who had, you know, that childhood sweetheart all the way through school. And I was like, oh, I, just, I just want that. Like that's, I had a craving for love from such a young age. And unfortunately for someone who was massively like not educated about, you know, I think like a lot of young girls aren't really educated about, about sex and what that means. And because I think my parents didn't have that loving relationship and they they didn't have the tools to be able to pass that down. So ended up really just being a, a kid who was having, lots of like sexual experiences from a young age but not in a loving environment it was Mm -hmm. just again it's that search for yeah I think this has actually probably gone on a lot longer than maybe I consciously realized that that need for someone to tell me like yeah like you're okay or you know yeah I think it's probably been going on since you were born well yeah probably. you know because again there's if your mum was detached from you from as much as you can remember it's very likely she was detached from you from the moment you were born and didn't really know how to offer you the conditions that you needed as a child to feel emotionally secure and, and safe obviously then when your uh, biological father wasn't around and then your stepfather moves in to your life and then again doesn't offer you again any of that and then you have these two siblings that come along which then makes it even worse because they're given more than you're given Hmm. they might not have been given a hugely significant amount yeah yeah still perhaps more than you were receiving and no wonder then you then saw this you know these people having these relationships at school and perhaps the fulfillment and happiness they were getting from those and and you had Hmm. been craving love since you were born um, and no wonder that you were wanting to have that boyfriend in order to make you feel loved yeah. and to experience that. Um, and then you did find that, I guess, with the guy that you ended up with when you were 22, because he he kind of took you into his arms and said, I'll look after you and, and provided yeah. some kind of sense of belonging, I guess, because you were dependent Massive. on each other. Massively. I, I like I, I remember feeling for the first time like this person's got my back. It was that feeling of like a, a really like a strong bond with someone like we were a team. And I hadn't felt that before, like really bonding with someone. I guess I fully trusted that person as well. And mm-hmm. it was like a reciprocal thing. So, yeah, it was it was massive, really. To I, I felt like lucky to have that I felt really really lucky like wow I actually have a relationship and he's not going anywhere <laughs> like I kept like waiting for him to leave that for, yeah. for probably a few years yeah I was I was I was convinced that he was just gonna up and go um and that I wasn't good enough for him and and just all of these intrusive thoughts and I probably was a really unpleasant person to to be with because I was so I needed that constant reassurance but yeah, that that did change. You know, I grew 
up a lot in that yeah. relationship. But actually, as, as I said before, you, you probably weren't difficult to be around for him because that's what he needed you to be like to make him feel safe and secure, perhaps, yeah. in the relationship. He needed someone yeah. to need him, um, which clearly when you started to change and didn't really need him or that that, that need for him shifted, didn't sit comfortably with him at all, and that's when your relationship started to break down. Okay. So as far as the kind of attraction style, I think, would you say that the people that then that you've been attracting the last couple of years, there's a there's a an attachment style called a dismissive avoidant, um, yeah. and what they have a tendency to do is just search out relationships of no depth, um, and because then they're, they're not secure enough within themselves and in their belief around relationships to to actually have anything that's more connected uh, and do you have mm. an anxious a, a reaction to that or do you have an avoidant reaction to that do you shut down and go within yourself or do you become a bit clingy and needy and and difficult to emotionally in that space I think my go-to because the clingy and neediness comes out of me I remember <laughs> I remember it's not who it was that long ago but every time that I feel someone that I've connected with move away from me. It's it's like a wound that rips a little deeper each time. And I remember specifically probably the the the, the last there was a guy that I was seeing in September for about about six weeks, and I I felt it coming, and I was like, oh no! I said to my friends, I was like, I, I think it's going to happen again. I've just forgot this feeling. I'm like, no, like things are going really well. Stop, stop talking yourself out of it. Like it's not, like it's going really well. Mm. And I knew, like I, I knew it was what was coming. And about two weeks later, I, I, I called him and said, can you just be really honest with me? You, you, you've, something's changed, hasn't it? And he was like, yeah, I really, I didn't want to tell you, but I'm, I'm, I'm just not, I don't feel the same as you about this whole thing. And I remember being at, <laughs> it's like my mastermind. <laughs> I was at, um, in Birmingham at this mastermind and right. I had to go and take myself outside mm. and the the wave of emotion was like it was so raw I had to go home because mm. I, I couldn't I couldn't right. I couldn't control my like it wasn't even sadness it was just like this heartbreak such raw mm. heartbreak and really when I think back to that particular person in that six weeks it it's it's almost I felt I feel like shame over it now. Like how could I have been so upset? But I know now it, it wasn't just because of him. It was all of these times where I feel let down, I think, by the expectation of what I place when I meet somebody is I expect me from them. Like if you're if you meet, if you're my friend or you're someone that I know. You, there is no poker face here. Like I say it, I say what I feel. And I'm honest. And I wear my heart on my sleeve and I probably give too much of myself to people too quickly. And then I expect this reciprocal, <laughs> maybe like not fairy tale, but I expect it to be like these, you know, two unions meeting and it, we just completely transparent with each other. And we just say how we feel. And, and every time, and now I guess I'm a lot more aware of it where I understand that, everyone's completely unique in their experience and the way that they approach relationships, the way that they, um, yeah, they are who they're attracted to. I've got, 
a much deeper understanding of that now obviously still very much figuring it out but i i was just expecting way too much yeah like you said after six weeks of being someone for you to be heartbroken i mean that shows how much you've already invested in such a small amount of time and again i think like you said there is something within you that's looking this there's a longing for you to be connected and attached to somebody and even though you probably are aware that it's not likely to go the way that you imagine it to be something mm. still a part a part of you still gives that <clears throat> much of you that it's going to cause that amount of pain when it comes to an end mm. I mean, that's one of the things if you were to look at this further is to definitely look at managing differently um, I like to call those like a relationship belief. You're going in there with your ideas about what a relationship should be. Yeah. Um, and what someone else should be giving to you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and almost, always, almost in some way convincing yourself it's, it's going to be there. But actually subconsciously knowing it's not going to be there, preparing yourself for what's going to come, but still allowing yourself to feel the immense pain regardless. Um, so definitely something to look at there as yes. far as your attachment style is it sounds like you've got an anxious type attachment yeah um, and attachment and to anxious type attachment do have a tendency to attract avoidant type people mm. uh, unfortunately they go together uh, toxically very well and unhealthily yeah. it's a very unhealthy connection because generally with somebody with an avoidant they're either going to be a, a fearful avoidant type, which means they actually desperately want to have a relationship themselves, but don't know how to do it. So give quite a lot at the beginning, but as soon as they reach their avoidant point in their mind, when their brain says this is too much, they quickly shut down and move away. But it also actually feels that you're attracting the dismissive type. So even though you probably know you're going to be dismissed. You know they're not going to give you what you want them to. You're still putting too much faith and belief and and too much of yourself into it anyway. Yeah. When really they're actually just in it for the surface type relationship that they're looking for, mm. <clears throat> which would again make sense based on your relationship with your parents growing up because you probably longed for a relationship with them your whole life to a, to a certain point where maybe you stopped yeah. longing for that, but maybe sometimes actually we don't ever stop longing for that. And then it never comes. But we still have an expectancy, a want, a need for that to appear somewhere from them. Um, we keep flogging a dead horse, as we might say. Um, yeah. And it never comes, no matter what our brain's saying. Actually, if I keep trying this, if I keep going, eventually one day maybe they will be the people that I need them to be and offer me something else. And again, that might be what's playing out in these relationships you're going into. Now you're going into this with this idea that this is what you really need and what you really want from somebody, but placing it into people that aren't ever going to give it to you. And that would explain <clears throat> your attraction style mm. as well that what you're attracted yeah. to is people that are going to re reinforce your idea about yourself, but actually what your ideas around relationships are, what you can have and what you can't have. Mm. So there's definitely points to that in the kind of relationships that you're experiencing. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I'm at the best place I've been in terms of the awareness that I've, that I've got of it now, but it just interests me how 
I can feel these emotions come up and and what I've always I've always labeled it attraction and it, it's not it's not actually attraction it's this magnetic feeling of like oh I'm really drawn towards that person but I don't actually find anything about them attractive at all like and I really don't <laughs> the personalities really aren't matching up here but mm. I'm drawn towards this and I'm starting to notice it more now and it's like just hold on a minute that's not it's not um it's like a like a toxic uh magnetic attraction as opposed to actually thinking is does this person energize me and that's what I've started to notice more now yeah. is like if I can be the person that I'm subconsciously looking for like if I can be that like mm-hmm. if I can be that to myself yeah for myself and it's just easier said than done isn't it? I think it's it's being in those situations and then knowing how to be able to walk away even when you feel that pull yeah. that same old hmm, here it is again is knowing and having the the self-awareness to, to come away from that and be like no I yeah. I I need to not be exploring those no. type of attractions anymore. No, again, like you said, it's it's you're very you're attract you're there's an attraction, but they're not attractive. So, but there is, like you said, there's a magnetic attraction. It's a natural subconscious familiar, isn't it? Your brain's choosing. The yes, thing. familiarity. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So your brain's saying, "I know this. I know it's probably going to cause me some pain." but it's pain I've experienced before, which means I could probably deal with it. You know, it's coming, but you still, it's too powerful for you not to step into it. And like you said, there's an awareness there. You need to be able to stop yourself from doing that. And I guess there is still some repair work perhaps there to do on your relationship with yourself. Yeah. Because if you really care about yourself and, validate yourself and have the self-confidence or self-esteem stuff going on when that happens your brain will go I know this is what I'm familiar with but I care about myself too much not to do this so I think that needs to be worked on because that doesn't feel like it's quite healthy enough for you to to believe in yourself and care about yourself enough to not allow yourself to run with this and like you said even the guy that's been on and off over two years there still feels like there's a little bit of a hankering in there for you to to see if that's ever going to be anything it's not yeah it's it's not not 100 but there have been a couple of times now where i've I've chosen to not i've I've chosen i have to say no no i'm not going to meet you no i'm not Mm going to go and do that thing it's almost like i can feel the undoing is is happening now Mm -hmm. and i and even though i i sat there this um a couple of weeks ago and i was on my own i was at mine and I could have been and seen this person, but I chose to stay on my own. Mm. And it felt so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. I was just me and my own company. Okay. Uh, and it's not that I can't be on my own. Like I, I love my own company, but it's almost that I'd, I'd turned down the opportunity for connection, even if it wasn't a particularly positive connection. And, you know, I, it was fine in the end. Like I sat with it and it, it kind of passed this wave of, Oh, I want to go and be with someone. I want to go and be around people. And it was a really, really powerful thing to sit there and go, I've actually just said yes to me. 
and I've done that for me and I'm going to benefit from that later. So it's, I feel like it, it it's in motion, the change is happening and the realization of would Alex in five years or 10 years, however long, like, am I going to thank myself for these decisions that I'm making now? Um, and I know the answer is no, when it comes to this particular person, this is not going to go anywhere. It hasn't in two years. It won't ever. Um, and I don't, I know I wouldn't want it to. And as you described with your wound earlier on, your deep wound is opening that up every time, isn't it as well? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. So again, there's again some reparative work to do with with uh, those wounds that you're still sitting on as well. Mm. Uh, and the connection that you have with your uh, younger self, when you think about little Alex, do you have a healthy relationship with her? I've done I've done a little bit of inner child's work, and I do struggle with it because I really feel like we're we're looking at two different people I feel like you've got me today and I'll be honest even me from like three years ago I'm like who's that and then I think back to me as a child and I just think I I knew so little I was so I yeah I think I'm really I'm quite disconnected from that younger version of me and I don't know I try and imagine, you know, being there and kind of giving her a hug and telling her like, you know, it's okay. And I just feel like I've got, I've got no, I can't connect with that version of myself. I really can't. So there's definitely something to be looked at there. If she was in the room with you now, where would you be? If she was in the room with me now. Yeah, where would you be? I kind of picture us like on the opposite side of the room to each other and being like, because <laughs> yeah, I think that's the disconnect. Yeah. 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 I don't imagine us being anywhere near each other because I know that that version of myself, I just remember the awkwardness that I felt like all of my child's life, just feeling like a square peg in a round hole and not that just feeling of like, oh, where do I belong? Where do I go? So, so I think that would really contrast with me now. Like, and I would find that really uncomfortable to be around someone who exhibited that within themselves, which is, weird because really what I should be doing is going come over here come and sit with me <laughs> there's that fine. should word the should word that we don't the use. should the dreaded <laughs> should word I know yeah again that's that goes that there's there is like this because you think you should bring her in which is as we've as I've discussed several times on everything that I do shoulds are shit um yeah <laughs> I agree it never feels good to should uh, there, there's an expectation or a, um, but not a real want there to, to bring her closer to you. And again, that, like you said, that disconnect is very clear just by that physical distance you put between you and the room and the fact that you don't feel like you relate to her at all. Um, and maybe that's <clears throat> also part of the problem that needs to be rectified is that you do need to reconcile that relationship between you and that because that is you you know so you're actually sitting there rejecting yourself yeah yeah it's crazy really because I really do like I I see her and I see me and I find it really weird to think that that that's where I've come from that was that that is it's me still like that that is a part of me now but it's I think for me sometimes it's the pain of 
like I, I, I've got so much pain that is in that part of my life that it's, I don't like to go back there. Cause I'm like, I've, you know, I've, I've done consistent work and I've built myself to be this person. And I don't, I don't want to sit and remember and think about how that used to feel because it was just, yeah, like it, it was just like a hard, a hard way to live mm. in that mindset and in that, like just feeling constantly scared, worried, sad, and confused all the time. I'm like, I don't want to kind of, maybe I'm blocking it a little that I don't want to <laughs> feel like. Yeah, no, like you said, it's a painful space to go back to. And, and, and like you said, you're moving on, you're moving, trying to move forward, but there's always going to be something that's going to drag you back if mm. that relationship is not processed in the way that it needs to be processed. Um, so although it might be quite difficult, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be difficult. I think we just need to think about the things that she didn't have and what you could offer her now because you yeah. can be the parent to that wounded child that she never had. And, again, that shows self-love, self-compassion, self-understanding because it is you. Yeah. Um, so, again, I would suggest that perhaps there's something in there that would need to be and could be worked with. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Now, understanding your relational patterns, I think there is a pattern there based in your attachment style, um, the anxious attachment style that you've got. So you are attracting avoidant type people. Yeah. Um, even the person that you had the seven-year, eight-year relationship with, it sounds perhaps that he was a little bit maybe disconnected as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it worked when it was on his terms type of person. Um, so again, yeah. that's, that's generally quite an avoidant style personality because they're not really in the relationship as deeply as they could be. Um, but it functions for them because they have the ability to control the relationship, which allows their avoidant style to dominate. Yeah, that's that that is to a T what mm. that was, but the dynamic between the two of us. Yeah. Like I think back and think how how did that last for eight years of just like dysfunction and and unhappiness, but so attached to each other, mm. so attached. That was that was like the, the moment of epiphany for me is when I'd been I I sat there and I remember thinking I'm really attached to this person, but I'm not I'm not happy around them ever like I'm not I'm we, 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 I'm not happy but I'm really attached yeah. like and it was like oh okay this is weird now so um and it's that 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 um unattachment like disconnecting myself from that person felt like I I had to grieve it was um one of the most deeply like I liken it to when like I I, I lost a friend a car accident years ago and that the emotion felt really similar to that I was like oh my like this is like I was so deeply attached to him because he was so avoidant and barely showed up in the relationship and it's weird isn't it you get that dance between the two and the more avoidant I can say I have guess I haven't really thought about this before the more avoidant he was the more I needed to be around him and I needed that like the that um that want for his attention became even deeper and stronger so interesting yeah, i'm glad you made that that connection there too 
yeah thank you it's good to think of it that like it's a different way of thinking of it i haven't thought of before yeah Okay, so the relational pattern is definitely there. There's definitely these people that are not available to you. And like you said, I think they invalidate you as much as anything else. And uh, because you're not quite val- if you're not quite validating yourself enough yet. Um, so you're still feeding off of this need to be with somebody to show you something. But subconsciously, as we said earlier, and you're picking the familiar, which sort of plays out the same sort of dance over and over again with these people um so there's some work to be done there uh, and i think there's a belief system under the surface too that uh you have an idea about maybe what you're worth what relationships are like because you've never really experienced anything positive mm. um, we have a tendency to then create beliefs around relationships and what what you really believe a relationship could be doesn't yeah. tally up with what you actually believe a relationship is yeah. So you have this idea, this sort of dreamy idea about what a relationship could be like, but actually relationships can be that dreamy. Um, but I don't think you quite buy into the scenario completely. And you're saying, well, actually relationships are A, B, C and D, and they're not, that's not a healthy space because yeah. of the outcomes that you've always experienced. But unfortunately, it seems like there's a, a repetitive pattern coming up because you still believe the outcomes are going to be the same so you're still attracting a similar type of energy from somebody because that's what you're expecting the outcome to be Mm. um and as a kid just one last thing maybe before to figure out did you have a safe space as a kid was it to be by yourself did where did you go to kind of get away from the wounds to get away from the pain that you're experiencing how did you manage that as a child did you go and play with kids in the street did you play by yourself what what kind of mechanism like I I I remember I did I did used to play with my like my sisters but I don't I wouldn't say that was like the safe space for me I'm trying to think where I actually did feel I wouldn't say a safe space was necessarily comfortable um and pain free but I when I say for instance when I was a child I'd either go out to find some kids to play with where I could maybe dominate a little bit because Mm. I wanted to feel good about myself. Or if that wasn't possible, I would then go and play by myself because I was in complete control of my environment. I'd play with my toys and that would be enough to sort of make me feel okay. Um, So then as an adult, then my, when it came to, when I started to feel close to people, my brain would say, actually, but you're better off on your own. So go to your safe space, which is to be by yourself, which is a lot of the time I spent as a child. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I, I think the dynamic with being my sisters is I was, I was a very, very dominant older sister. Right. I remember how bossy that I used to be. We laugh about it now that I, I was, I really used to tell them what to do. Like I, I was, very 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 dominant bossy older sister in that dynamic um and they always never fought back they're like yeah we'll do what you tell us to do Um, and apart from that I remember I spent a lot of time on my own used to read a lot read a lot um or just sit and I don't know play on my own yeah in my room and I was I don't ever remember feeling like that was like a negative thing I think I was okay with my own company from from quite a young age um I used to have very like active imagination I used to yeah I used to be a bit of a daydreamer 
Um, mm. I remember, yeah, I've, I guess you're like great creative mind, but in growing up in an environment, I didn't have an outlet to express that. It was done, you know, the, the reading and the drawing and playing the make-believe games on my own was a way of having that, yeah, in my own mind, so... That would that again would make sense with your sisters, wouldn't it? You were trying to exert yourself, perhaps in a way to have the voice that you couldn't have in any other space, and because they were compliant, um, that kind of met a need for you to be heard and um, and maybe also a connect with them in a different level as well. Even though it was yeah. maybe you were dominating them, you kind of probably felt a bit attached to them as well because they were doing what you needed them to do, and you were sharing experiences with them, but on your terms yes yeah Um, and then when the other times when you were reading by yourself like you said you became comfortable in your own space and and when we spoke previous to today's session just to sort of see where you wanted to go you did talk Mm. about this dependence side of yourself in the independent side of yourself um where you've gone into sort of masculine energy to keep yourself safe um And I think, again, you probably had to do that a lot as a child in order to kind of protect yourself from the rejection and stuff you were feeling as a kid. Yeah. To to go into your reading and stuff like that. And and I don't know as well, some people as kids, they use that reading to escape. I'm not sure if it was like fantasy stuff you would would read and stuff in order to kind of yourself and and get yourself out of your own head a little bit too. It was a massive, massive form of escapism for sure, like going off into a different world and a world that often was just, you know, brighter and more inviting than 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 the reality at home. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So again, maybe there is something in subconsciously the choices you're making in these relationships is that actually you can avoid the pain, you can avoid the wounds by being on your own. So if you keep choosing relationships where you end up on your own, you're actually mm. sort of creating your own outcomes before you even step into these relationships. Um, yeah yeah that's another way of thinking of it yeah I think I and what you said before really like um, resonated when you you said about that I'm always creating this image in my head of what a relationship could feel like the quite like romanticized like fairy tale if you like version but actually I would always I think if anything ever happened that remotely felt like it could be that I think I'd sabotage it because it would feel so uncomfortable, which is crazy because it's all I really want. But I'm um, mm. like, what? how would I actually act if that happened now? And I had someone just be like how I'm saying I want them to be, completely open, honest, upfront, telling me how they felt and what they wanted. I actually can feel it in my body now. I'd be like, oh, this <laughs> feels really weird. Um, so and how would. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it would because, like it's like you said, something you never experienced. What? How would you know what to do with that? Um, but I guess moving mm. forward, there needs to be so a lot of self-talk going on then now that actually that would be amazing. Yeah, so that your brain yeah. starts to come to terms with it actually being a good thing. So if that was to come up in your life, then you wouldn't freak out too much, no matter how uncomfortable you might feel. Mm. That you need to maybe convince yourself now that that would be a great thing to happen yeah so you don't get those like i don't know the word ebgb's just came up in my <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that's that's a good definition for that before <laughs> i imagine i would feel yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure okay. um is there anything you want to sort of finish up on today before we before we need to end um do you feel like you've got what you needed from us talking today it's been a really beneficial conversation to have because i think i've got an even deeper understanding now of why I feel the way that I feel sometimes mm. and that it's it's a requisite like I feel things for a reason it's based on my my life experiences but that I've also got the power to I when something positive does come along and an opportunity presents itself maybe I'll have that better level of self-awareness now to go okay let's just observe my feelings and actually think about what's there, like what's the story. And I guess now what you've allowed me to remember is when I, when I go towards something that is meaningful and positive and can be beneficial, um, say beneficial for me, like something that's a positive relationship with somebody who could um, add to my life that's I already now now know that's going to feel very uncomfortable and I'm more willing I suppose to open up and embrace myself to that opportunity when it will happen in at uh, some point in the future so <laughs> yeah and I'm sure it will if you're able to change some of these things and address some yeah of these things we talked about today and open your sort of mind and your heart up to something different um, yeah. and allow that to be a comfortable space um so for us to be comfortable in your vulnerability i guess yeah it's a good word be vulnerable and yeah. um yeah so thank you that's really been really enlightening for me so thank you very, very much well. thank you for agreeing to come on and talk today it's been an absolutely uh, pleasure to have you uh, on the show and um thank you for the conversation you're very welcome Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.